0: Let's get ready to throw down! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright everybody, welcome to the show.
0: It's, it's my cat-eye glasses here. Mm.
1: Sales, sales down. we're doing live at lunch. So if you're watching on Facebook, thank you. Uh, if you're watching this later, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Clint is not here today, but we're going to keep going anyway. And we were kind of talking about topics and things to talk about. and. Uh, I thought we'd talk about mindset I'm, around prospecting.
0: I'm working on special effects.
1: Yes, Al is working on
0: next level Look, see, video you see production. See outside? You can see <laughs> out of out my oh, my ear now out the window, or yeah, there's some. Yeah, okay.
1: If you've ever I'll, wondered what it's like to sell to an eye, that's
0: it right there. Like, <laughs> that's it right there. So, just bring one, just bring them a toy, man. They'll, they'll play with it. You can talk to them. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll be like, wow, yeah, that's great. But hey, can you leave this? Yeah. Where do I sign? and
2: constantly going, focus, <laughs> it in. Yeah.
1: And that is why promotional products are what they are, right? Because you can give somebody something, you know, uh, I've not had a whole lot of success with that kind of thing, but, um, you know, there's a whole industry around it. So, other people do.
0: We're actually about to start a mailer um, with the clinics and okay. w- we've, we've tossed around some ideas and, you know, wh- how gimmicky do you get in healthcare? I mean, we try not to and you can't, you know, you, you can't overpromise and underdeliver because a lot of times when they come in, you don't know what the condition really requires, right? Yeah. And, and so you start throwing, you know, introductory offers. Eh, I've always been against that kind of stuff. But uh, we do want some exposure and looking at it for like a postcard that we would send out. so uh, anybody's got any comments about having either some success? We've had some success in the past. I just said, you know with this whole you know internet and social media and stuff like that, people have gotten away from sending it to the house or the you know or the home. but yeah. we're even thinking about doing business to business that way because you know people are kind of looking at the mail a little bit more these days and you know it's kind of locked in so yeah.
1: I think uh, I think whatever it takes to, to gain attention, right? Because that's still marketing, right? Like, like that's not selling, you know, because that's not the actual conversational part of it. So, you know, marketing is all about generating interest and wonder. So that way people are like, hey, I might need that. Let's have a conversation about it.
0: And, right.
1: you know, with us being mostly salespeople, right? It's, it's a little, oh, there's old Clint Bigelow. Let's get old Clint Bigelow in here. More promote Clint is joining us, everybody. Um <laughs> happy days. Um so yeah, you know, until the conversation starts its marketing, right? There he is. Look at
2: him. Hey.
1: man, welcome, buddy. What's happening wow.
0: What's what going you guys on? doing here?
1: You know, just put
0: on waiting on yeah. you, man. So still doing this, huh? That's awesome. <laughs>
1: It didn't go down in flames last week when you weren't here. That's weird.
3: Uh, oh, I figured it would.
1: <laughs> Man, you got to change that angle, dude. That's I Well, cool. I'm
3: I'm I'm slammed here. I'm trying to make up for lost time. I'm, okay. I'll uh I'll shut my video off for a minute. Get set up. Okay. Cool.
1: Um.
3: Bear Bear with.
1: Yeah. But yeah, you know when you're when you're marketing, like like that's that's generating interest and attention, so that way they can have the sales conversation mm-hmm.
0: with you. So. I agree. And, and that, uh, again, we want to put, it's, it's, it's like a, a little bit of bait on a hook. You know, we want something of interest that initiates their interaction with the clinic. And then from there we can take it. I mean, we, I'm, I'm telling you, my providers are all about service, uh, my staff. So, I mean, we, we really can come in with, you know, some, some answers to some, some healthcare problems. It's just, getting them to pick us instead of the clinic down the road or hey if your provider isn't available you know you know give us a shout we're you, know, you can walk in we'll see you today kind of scenario so you know if we can create a sense of urgency or people have a sense of urgency we want to address that and yeah. let them know that you know we're not a doc in the box per se but we we definitely want to expedite their care we'll yeah. see I'll keep you guys posted on how well it goes or doesn't go Thank Go ahead, Al. Clint. I was just bringing Clint up to speed. We're about to do a mailer, um, kind of old fashioned marketing with a little yeah, postcard. Going to cool. going to drop it in one of our clinics. One zip code has about fifteen thousand, so we're going to push those out the door. And uh, I was just telling John, you know, I, I was curious as if if anybody even did that kind of marketing any longer, and and whether you know they they could have any point of view like, hey, we did it didn't work, or hey, we did. I've done yeah. it in the past, but it was probably eight years ago and we, we had some success with it. So we're, we're going to go back that route one more time. Yeah. We'll check you the know, comments. I, I mean, in a little
3: bit. I know, I know as far as like realtors go, I see that most common in uh realty, I think. And mm-hmm. I have no, only ever used a realtor that I've gotten a mailer from because I
0: just happen to have their information there. Cool. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so it's a, like, sure. and, well, and dentists, well,
3: you know, like I see it in dentists and stuff like that.
0: And that's, that's what sparked it. You know, we, we saw some, some, some of those and I'm like, let's get back on this. And one of the things is I view it kind of like an oil coupon. So we're going to consistently do this for probably the next, through the end of the year, because as Mm -hmm. we go through the different seasons, we can send a different version of the same flyer. And the way I kind of, I've always approached it is, you know, you start needing an oil change. You remember somebody was running a special and you'd start looking for that color coded, oh, I know it was yellow. So, again, I think colors matter. You know, obviously, red and yellow are the two and black are the most visible, like as you drive by a sign or you see something on your desk. And then, like I said, and then just having some verbiage that it creates a little bit of attention or a, hey, you know, don't forget us kind of scenario. Yeah. We'll see. I'll keep you guys posted.
1: So let's right. catch up with with Clint. Well, what's going on in your world, buddy, in your pipeline? How's it going? You were crushing it two weeks ago. I'm still crushing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most most non-committal yeah, I've ever seen in my entire life.
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, what's crushing it? That's that's the that's the key question, right? Well, are you on pace? Um no. Okay. Um COVID pace, yeah. <laughs> You got to readjust your numbers, right? That's true. You, gotta, yes, you sure. always, always got to make it look good. No, I will say um, uh, some different opportunities that would have never sparked had this all not happened are or, or happening. You know, because it forced you to go out of your environment, and some of those are coming to fruition right now. So that is uh, a huge for me and, awesome. uh, and my and my group. So
0: when you say when you say huge define huge for me. I mean, it's not much. So it's, it's not money, right? It's uh, it's the, it's the other thought of changing
3: industry, vertical market stuff okay. that you, you want to do when, you know, the rest of, you know, the successful portions of the year, but you can't because you're so busy on mm-hmm. focusing on what you have and you can't, it, it's really hard to tell your leadership that you're branching out when something is working. Right. So it's really hard to convince people to do that. So, um, everything's failing. So why not try something different while it's failing? And if it mm-hmm. fails,
0: what'd you lose? Exactly. You know? Yeah. You had the time on your hands to get to it. So yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Okay. I get you now. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, so to me, that's, you know, that's, that's winning big.
0: And, and that kind of prompted what we're doing to go back old school because so many doors are closed. Right. Sure. I mean, it's so hard to, and, and then our market, is anybody walking down the street that's got a pair of legs and some lungs. Right. You know, um, I will tell you though we are, and one of the things that I've been kind of hesitant to, 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 to put out there is man, we're seeing a lot of stressed out people. And Mm -hmm. so we're, we're writing lots of prescriptions to calm people down and, um, and we'll keep taking them through the door, man. We completely understand how stressful all this has been on people. And, and so, so yeah, the, the COVID has Produced a different class of patient for us, if you will, that probably wouldn't have been there in the numbers that we're seeing had COVID not shown up. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So, so yeah. You
1: know, so we we were kind of spitballing some topics and talking about some things before before you got here, Clinton. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think we we should talk about is mindset about how you deal with rejection, right? Especially when you're networking and trying to lead generate and trying to network and do all these things because you know, uh, the more volume you do, the more, the more you're going to put yourself in positions to where you're going to get told no. Right. So, uh, like I had two people today that I reached out to on different social media platforms, no pitch, just like a connection. Okay. What are you going to sell me? Maybe nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and then they're like, You know, going into like defensive mode, right? And getting kind of kind of agitated and irritated. And I'm just kind of like, hey, look, if it's a no, that's okay. We don't have to talk about anything. Just figured there there might be some value in being connected eventually, right? If you don't want to hop on a call now, no problem. I didn't even ask. Yeah. And so the the thing that I've been thinking about today very specifically is I could take that and get really mad about it, right? About these people who are who have their walls up. So then that gets my walls up. And then we get to that jaded salesperson. You know, screw that guy. You know, screw that person and stuff. Which is not helpful, right? On the other end of it, right, you can be really uh, like shut down, right? You're carrying that weight of the no of the uh, of the ruffled feathers with you all day and stuff like that, and go hide in your hole. But you know, that's not super helpful either. So you got to pick the middle route. And I'm curious for you, Clint, right? Because I look, I look towards that D side of the spectrum with with awe, right? Because you just don't care at all. So how do you? how do you do that stuff? Well, like, like, how do you handle rejection well and not turn it into like a pissing match? Uh,
3: first of all, I don't handle it all that well, to be honest with you. Cause I, okay. cause I view it as a fight, right? It's, it's instant fight versus someone with a little more compassion feels for the other side. I, I, I don't have that. So, so it's not so easy for me because now, once you control that and you realize that that's what you're doing, I think that's a big difference, right? That you, you realize it's just business. And if you view it how you would, would do it to somebody else and you keep it in that business spectrum, it's okay. Um, one thing that I would say is, I, and I hear this constantly, we'll see it more or less on LinkedIn as this, uh, you know, and John, you even speak this a lot, go fail, go, you know, go out there and get rejected because the more no's you get, the more chances you're eventually going to get a yes, right? Yeah. And, and that is a theory. I would say, um, because I just happened to read a, a post on LinkedIn today is, you know, there is a time and a place to go get rejected, to get your reps in and to not worry about it, not be embarrassed. Um, but eventually, you know, you got to use that as a filter to get it down to possible wins. And then you got to change your mentality to go win. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can't go out there with this okay thought process of it's okay to be rejected and it's okay to get the no, right. The, you know, the quote unquote, no, eventually you got to turn that into a yes. Right. So Use it as a filter, yeah. then then shift to the win mentality. Um, I, I believe in that strongly. I don't think you can stay on one side or the other all the time.
0: Here's Clint on a sales call. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. maybe. Maybe. So for Dan, Fear is a motivator. Us getting us back on track. So Dan, as someone who's uh, incredibly people oriented like how do you deal with that rejection I mean does it bother you does it get under your feathers or are you just kind of like I still love you anyway so eventually or how do you how do you deal with that All perfect here's Nan hug (laughs)
2: hearts hearts and hearts the big thing is is you can't control others emotions I mean they are going to react however that they feel like they need to but that doesn't mean you need to react because of the way their emotions are going. You know, if they're going South, my gosh, you know, I'm just like, Hmm, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to be calm and I'm going to think what is the best reaction for them for me? I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to go sideways I think a lot of times uh, the reason people get angry or act crazy or get depressed, just a negative emotion, is they they've taken it too far. They're not really looking at the big picture, what's really going on, you know. And in sales, whenever you're trying to talk to someone about a new product or or a current product that they're using, and they're going haywire, and believe me, that happens a lot. I you know I think. If you're an I, you're just escalated all the time. You know, look at, look at, look at our I in the group, just the different, you know, he's, it's like, magnifying glass and knife.
0: Don't go there.
2: (laughs) You know, and if you're a D, you're just like, just, I think you get easily frustrated, you know? So, and I'm not saying that to be mean, Clint, because, I mean, I think you're fantastic, but I just think. Like I care. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I think the big thing is don't, don't try to control someone's emotions and check your emotions. You know, I think a lot of times you're just going to be unsuccessful if you can't check your emotions because you're either going to go crazy, acting crazy, or get completely mad at someone. And it's just, it's to no avail. It's not going to. So I, I cool. think is the key ingredient there.
3: I mean, you bring up a good point because emotionally driven decision making is bad in any scenario. What side of the fence you're on? Happy, sad, love, hate. Exactly. You know, it's they're all they're all bad. Right. Uh, it's it's something that especially in construction, you're dealing with a lot of alpha male type personalities. And yeah. and it's just um, you got to take the emotion out of it all the time. Right. Whether it's I'm having a really good day. So I'm hey, who cares. Let's make this decision or versus we're never making that decision because I hate you. Right. And they're both bad. In, in my opinion,
2: they're not long term. Because you know that immediate ah oh, yeah I want to do it or no I don't want to do it nobody's really thought through the equation and you're not you're not going to move on to a bigger project.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So then I guess the question comes up of do you do you think the environment's changed and and if it has, yeah, I, I, I agree with Clint. You know, you, and, and, and to John's point, you're, you're gonna you're gonna find people somewhat distracted. And probably more no's are going to become or come from that. So how hard do you press somebody about calling it over at this point when every day tends to be a new day for every industry out there, right? Um, and, and, I mean, do you guys see people getting better or getting worse or staying the same in their approach to a sales call? Okay. Meaning the, the client or the prospect
2: are under pressure and i think a lot of people feel under pressure right now this is not the time to push someone i don't i don't believe because they are feeling a little angst right now i think i think right now is a good time to just listen step back a little bit now there comes a time where you've got to push people because sometimes people just get stuck in their neg negativity or their oh things aren't going to get better you know there's no way Well, that's not true. I mean, everything always turns around. It's going to be fine. You know, so I do think resting, like, again, I think listening is a a really valuable tool right now to our clients.
3: There's also, you know, definition of what your no is, right? Getting, what does it mean for you to get a no? Because to me, silence, after we've had some good conversations, silence is a definite no for me. Right, and I wipe it off the map. So I make the decision for you to just get rid of it. Right? Do, do you need to take a bad relationship and worsen it by chasing them and just just to get the word two letters put together? Okay. Like there, there's a theory there, right?
1: so so my question for you there is Clint. Like, how do you differentiate between someone who has gone silent because it's a no, and someone who's gone silent because they're they're busy with with other stuff and like there's actual value in the conversation? How do you how do you determine that? Well.
3: And and you know me well enough, John, personally, that it it is. If you need me, I'm here, right? I've given you all the information I can give you to make this decision. And if Mm -hmm. you're unable to make the decision, one because maybe you're not the decision maker, you got to push it to a board. This is going to be a three month waiting list. Like I keep you on the pipeline for a while, but if you can't even tell me that this is still moving forward, it's just it's over, right? So that's that's just in my world, that's a no to me. Like you just, it's over, right? Okay. So you get people to drag on these pipelines for for six, seven, eight months, and they get these, you know. Well, you know, they told me the other day they're still thinking about it. So that's a yes. That's a bad mentality to be in.
1: So I, so I have a question though, right? Because if if the whole point is to get a binary decision, right, out of out of the prospect, either a yes or a no. Like some people are just they're not action takers by default, right? So yeah. how do you, um how do you square yourself with that idea of this kind of person just isn't going to take action right now. There, there's going to be some value here, but they're just dragging for some way, shape or form. Do do you push back on those kinds of things?
3: Yeah. uh, uh, To a certain degree, I I do everything that I can do in the situation. Sure. And as long as I do that, as long as I go above and beyond, you know, the call of duty and, and get to where I'm comfortable with walking away that, whether it's a yes or a no, That's that's a win for me, right? Um, Versus pounding somebody to the pavement so hard that they I force them to say no, which we do a lot in sales, right? Because that's what we've been taught in the new age of sales is to go make sure you get the no. If it's a no, it's still a win because now we have metrics, right? We have we have stuff to measure off of, and and in my opinion, that that works to a certain degree. What you don't want to do is destroy further destroy a relationship by pounding somebody's head off the curve uh-huh. to get the no. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, walk away, keep your head held high knowing you did everything you did you could do and, uh, and be done with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. So Clint, I, uh, I feel like I'm getting into a lot of decision maker DMS with people who are, who are D's right. And so these people I feel like have their walls up and they're very assertive. Like, Hey, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? Right. Are you trying to sell me something? Right. Which to me comes across as like a very D thing. Like I I can see you having
3: not that much patience. So I have that same conversation every day.
1: So when I think about that, my, my normal go-to is to, you know, Hey, I'm not sure. Right. Like maybe nothing, you know, but it's, I know. Right. So like, I'm trying to figure out, do I challenge in some way, shape or form? Do I like, how do I do that well with a D and not just completely blow it up just for the sake of blowing it up?
3: Well, first of all, have you done your homework to know that you add value? Do do you know that they need you? I know I mean, before you so you're to me you're fishing in the wrong pond already. Right? Well,
1: okay, so so hold on. So so all my clients these days are coaches, consultants, and and agency owners, right? So my reach outs are all to coaches, consultants, and, and agency owners, right? To help mm-hmm. them document their sales process get the tech installed and then dial it in so that way they can scale it and give it to someone else and the uh so i'm reaching out to only people in that network right but uh this one guy was like you're either trying to buy something from me or you're trying to sell me something it was just getting like really defensive and really triggered and i which is true but it's true it is true but like not right now though like, you know, like I'm totally fine being connected with someone and then, you know, they'll see my posts and my content and my stuff. And then eventually they're going to reach out to me. So, like, I'm really just trying to grow my network and honestly provide some value about the stuff that I hear about and see.
0: So, uh, can you, you not just tell them what you just told us?
1: I do. Right.
3: You
0: can't. Yeah. I but was gonna say it comes
1: a- off without any tone as just being this like canned <laughs> ass line that everybody says whenever there's like a deflection.
0: But it wasn't didn't sound canned ass to me just uh, now.
1: Because tone. Right. Yeah. These are not Thanks. verbalized conversations. So without tone, I oh, have to okay. I have to find a way to like communicate this stuff in a way that is actually impactful and stops that pattern of okay, I don't want to talk to this guy, you know, kind of deal. And I, I don't know how to do that very well against the D. Well,
3: you, you got to, and I was, I was about to say the word ego, stroke the ego a little bit, but after our podcast on ego, I'm so confused on what that means still to this day that I wouldn't even use it. So, uh, um, I mean, it was, it really threw me off. So, um, you know, there is a, a thing with a, a D where you have to, let him be the expert and make sure that he's in the driver's seat to be an expert. So asking questions like, what do you guys use? Why did you, why did you make that decision to use that process? Um, You know, those things get the conversation rolling a little bit easier than coming off as a salesperson with that monotone same speech that he's hearing from everybody. Cause, cause let me tell you guys at this point, what we're talking about, everybody's trying right this isn't oh, a front page news anymore you know this this uh you know the abc's you know always be closing mentality i think 20 years ago was still making a shift 10 years ago was still making a shift but now it's pretty commonplace so so even though we say new sales tactics they're pretty commonplace in my opinion because i hear it from everybody mm-hmm. they may be wrong the way they do it they don't have all the pieces put together but it's still a very common tone of speech so Uh, John, I'd I'd say, or anybody listening out there, I I think that, you know, you got to, you got one, you just got to get the ball rolling so that you can have that, um, that candid conversation the way you just did with us. And the only way you do that is through conversation and you got to get the ball rolling somehow.
1: So I think that what I'm going to start doing is I'm just going to start going with them, right? Like, uh, yeah. You know, this guy was like, "Man, you guys are all the same. All these pitches, like, and instead of like putting up a fight or anything else like that, I'm just gonna go with him." Yeah, man, absolutely, right? I'm sure it's really, really bothersome and everything else, and that's not my goal, right? Can, can I tell you what I do, and you can let me know if that's worth talking more?
3: I mean, that would definitely separate you because, you know, as a matter of fact, for right now our company is trying to buy software that manage construction management software mm-hmm. uh, for our company and you know, tied into that is estimating tools. It's, uh, there's always a bolt on, right? There's always, Oh, well, if you, if you use them well, you should use ours. Right. So it's just constant upsells. Right. And, uh, but I sit through these, you know, conference calls or zoom meetings with, you know, different companies and it's just always the same. But what it comes down to is affordability. Uh, when I call the answer, right, that's huge for us. And uh, does it have everything I need? Like that's, that's my, my three big things. The sales pitch on the other hand is the same monotone. We have everything you need. We'll take care of you. Don't worry about us. We're the best, we're the leading in the industry. And like, God dang, how many leaders in the industry? (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, uh, so conversations like that, that break you apart where it says, yeah, you're right. You know, we do, uh, I don't know about what you're using uh right now but it sounds similar to what I do or I provide um and I don't know how I can be different from them I'm just reaching out to you to to find out if I can and then you put the ball back in their court to you know let them tell you I, and and it may not go anywhere yeah but they probably sure. don't need but they probably don't need you if it, if that happens
1: yeah and you know I think that this is part of the misconception here of you know to the prospect Right? Even people who are in business, I, I think that this is really really interesting. they're, they're in business they're, they're selling, they have clients and everything else like this and and their walls are still up whenever someone reaches out to them right So then I'm like man if you're this triggered by receiving you know some kind of pitch like how are you actually handling your sales conversations right because I, I believe that the way you handle one side of the coin is, has an impact on how you deal with the other side of the coin. So if people can't sell to you without you getting pissed off, like what's really happening in your sales conversations?
3: Absolutely. And and I'm very much in that boat. I'm, I'm as much, you know, on the buying side as I am in the selling side. And, um, you know, with these different programs, estimating softwares and we, you know, vendors that sell sheet metal and ductwork and pipe, and, you know, the list goes on of people that are trying to sell to me and, and how I buy, uh, is greatly influenced by how I try to sell, how I want to be perceived Mm -hmm. when I do it. Um, and I try to give as much as I can a fair shot to everybody coming through the door, but, I will tell you that it takes, it's a short fuse for me that you may have the best product. And this guy says he also has the best product. It's a very, very small margin of how you treat me personally and professionally that makes that decision for me. It just really does. And how you respond to what we're doing.
1: And we've talked about this in the past very specifically for you that once someone shows up and makes a bold claim of like, this is the best, you go into that mode of like, no, I'll find the best.
3: Uh, it's it's a it's a bold statement to make, right? It's like saying I have the number one hamburger in Fort Worth. Okay, uh, that's like, or that's pretty relative term, right? And everybody's yeah. going to have their own opinions. So be careful on making those bold statements. I would, I don't know that I've ever, as as D as I am, I have never made the statement I'm the best contractor in the in the country or the state or the town or even in the immediate area. I've Never said that because I truly believe that as I drive around town and I see thousands and thousands of construction jobs going on, I would guess that there's companies out there that can do exactly what I do as well as I do it, or maybe even better. Right. I live with that. Yeah. What I, what I would like to do is have a good working personal relationship and they buy from me because of customer service quality um, expertise, our prices within their budget. We finish on time, our safety records, you know, Impeccable. Well, like those are those are the differences.
0: But I, I think that where and to to your point, Clint is as you build trust with a client, right? Because at first, that's really what most of us are looking for when we buy into something. Because I know we do it with the clinics. We have you know the relationships with vendor groups, and and what we're looking for is trust. You know, can I trust you to do the best job you can? I know there's snafus all through every equation and every process can go off the rails, but can I trust that you're going to call me and we're going to figure out a plan to put it back where it needs to be. Sure. And, yeah. and and there's the give and take in the process after the yes has been, been thrown out there and you decide you're going to do business. But as you decide to do business, that's not the end of the story. The story can contend- That's just the first chapter of how things get done and how the projects completed. And and then, you know, the discussion of ongoing business after that. And we fired vendors. We we, we do it pretty regularly because if you don't muster up, because, you, you know, we get the medical sales guys and we do the same thing. Hey, we got this. We're on all these plans. We do this, we do that. And we get stuff kicked back all the time that I'm like, wait a second, you said you had, you know, over, over promise and under deliver. And mm-hmm. and when that happens, that trust starts to get eroded because I give you a hundred points. I don't make you prove anything. Yeah. It just came out of your mouth. I assume that's the truth of the equation. And as it starts to chip away, you just received a D. Now you're on your way to an F report card this six weeks. Well, yeah. screw you. We're not we're not dealing with the F F companies, right?
3: I totally agree with that. I I, I face that a lot um, in the sense that like when vendors come to me and they want to sell me, they screw up. I don't don't care about your screw-up, right? Um, I care about how we got out of the situation. And I think any good business partner, and I say partner pretty sternly because your customers also should think that way about you. And if they dump you because of one mistake, we're all allowed them, right? It happens. It's it's life. Mm -hmm. And if your customers dump you on that, the real question in your head shouldn't be, you know, oh, you know, what do I do now? It's should I even have been in bed with this person to begin with? That's where my mind goes, right? And right, and I and I am to be honest with you, we can do a we can do business with a ton of different people out there. I think who you choose and who you partner with makes you or breaks you. but you choose.
0: Agreed. Well, and and like you said, I I think what happens is and you you earn your money when you solve problems, and those problems may be ones you created, but you own them, you address them, you you enlighten the group that you're working with about how you're going to fix them, time frames, and then you stick to a plan of getting that handled, whatever problem may come down the road.
3: Yeah, you know, I think we're 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 diving off on the operations side of things a little bit here, but you know, this also can go to a sales conversation of when you do make a mistake when you, you know, you told them it was ten thousand bucks and it's actually costing you twelve, and you need to go get that two thousand bucks because it's paying your payroll, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a mistake in sales, and how you have that conversation with people. Uh, one you should have the conversation, right? You shouldn't just eat it. There's always a conversation to be had around business, and mm-hmm. you know, owning owning that mistake, and then and then having an after-action report, just like you would if there was a you know a car crash. With you know, you have an after-action report of how did this happen? Why did this happen? What could I have done differently? Right? Having sure. that, whether it's in operations or sales, is is huge for your own mentality, but also for your customer to know that you know we're going to do this different together next time. So, I agree. Yeah.
1: Um, Nan, what are your thoughts on this? You're being awfully quiet over there.
2: (laughs) I felt like I was talking about this. I just think people are influenced, influenced by your actions. So I think it's really important that you make, you're constantly checking. What are you doing? What are you, again, listening? Are you making sure? I think communication, another thing, um, right now, not being so concerned with, the deal as much as keeping your line of communication open with your client. I think it's, you know, I'm thinking, of, you know, be it a a patient or a client. I think, you know, with Al, you, that's why I think these mailers are really good for him. I think what Clint's talking about with um, his clients, you know, I think it's really important just keeping communication open. So for well,
0: Clint, it, so, sorry, I'll go ahead. Uh, well, what communication does, it presents you with opportunities. Because the more conversations you have with existing business or people that are, you know, one step removed from what you're currently doing, then opportunities start to knock on your door. That gets the juices flowing of, oh, we could go over and do this project or why aren't we working with that group? And then that group, and, and it's, there's where your prospecting can really come into play in my business is, what are you guys doing? Well, who else do you guys work with? Is there a connection that we can make with that, that, that group? Or would you mind an introduction? I'd like to know those guys. And there's where you, you end up, and I, I think the word influencer is overused, but that's what works for me, right? Mm-hmm. Is that my name gets thrown around the block hopefully in a, in a real positive way for either having done business with me or me doing business with you, whether I'm on the sale or the buy side. And because they're out in the same industry as healthcare and you're always chasing the money in your industry. Don't ever forget that. And that's how dynamics change. Like Clint said that they're on different projects. That they probably wouldn't be on but there's still a relationship to the old way they were doing things and the old people that they knew, right Clint? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So 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 again, I mean you you're you're going to have to get creative, you're going to have to stay connected and and you're going to have to work through the edginess of the changes that we're currently going through.
1: Yeah. yeah. Did you get, um, Clint, you said that you get pitched pretty regularly. Did you get a good or bad pitch this week or last week? Anything that sticks out?
3: Um, I I just, I I feel like, let's go to the last six years because the pitch is constantly the same with with these, um, with these, I'll say management software type people. Um, The pitch is constantly the same. Nobody else is doing this. We're the first. Like, look, man, you got to understand is it, you got to you got to know your your uh, your crowd, because me, I've done my research much like you would, John, where, you know, not as much as you, but I have done enough to have just enough knowledge that this conversation we're about to have is, you know, I'm going to have an intelligent input to something. And what you're saying that nobody else does, that person also does. And now you're a liar and you didn't have to say it at all. You didn't even have to say it. You just say, we do this versus we do this the best. Very different in my mind.
1: Well, and I think that that goes down to the idea that most people treat like sales training as just like product training, product and you know features and benefits. And here's the things, here are your talking points and marketing has done this thing. So go out and get it, right? And then you're just drinking that Kool-Aid so hard that you're, because it's easier to pitch, right? It's easier to show up and say, okay, cool. Here's what I do. We've been around for this long, everything else like this what do you think? Right. Because you can do that. And then when they say, no, thank you, be like, well, I tried. Right. Well, trying, trying doesn't get the deal done. Right. You know, you gotta be able to go through that process and then figure out like, okay, why didn't it work? How can I adjust what needs to happen now? So that way that doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. Because if you're you're constantly running up against like the same, like two or three things, like that's just bad planning.
3: Yeah. And, And I, and I constantly, um, you know, in my mind, when I, when I start talking to somebody about a new job I have, five questions in my head, and I want you to hit three out of the five for it to go forward, right? That's just kind of my first filter. And if you don't hit three out of those five, then I think we should probably just stop talking about it because it's not a real deal, right? And those questions float and change every every time. But what those five questions come from is a pool of 20 questions that we've generated in sales yeah. training, right? but I'm not running through the list of every 20 every time with every customer because they're not the same person. It's not the same project. Sure, and, absolutely. And, and so you gotta, I think you got to float a little bit. Um, and the other side of that too, is if you stick to the book every single time, I don't know that you'll ever get a, when you win one, it'll be perfect. It'll be the best yeah. job you ever did. But the, those are going to be so f- few and far between. I don't know that you'll, eat dinner tonight. You know what I mean? You're not going to have food on the table. So I think you got to be careful about what you set your limits to. It's, it's guidelines, it's rules and guidelines that are great to follow, but you got to adapt.
0: And, and Clint, I, I think an important thing here is when these conversations or your sales process starts to break down and they periodically do rather, you know, you get this far with this client, you get a little bit further down the road and, and you're seeing these things fall apart. You got to bring that back internally and say, what did I, what could I have done differently? Sure. What, you know, just like John was going through his pitch and, you know, maybe it's tonality, you know, and for a C I could see where tonality is, 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 is a tough sticking point, right? I mean, you're analytical. So trying to wrap some emotion around numbers and, and in the process can be kind of, kind of tough to say, Hey, this is really cool when no, it's just do this, do this, do this. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I, so I, I think that we all, you know, as we kind of, as the, as the, as the economy starts to open back up, we've got to realize that, you know, our, our tone needs to be right. We need to be empathetic if that's necessary. We need to be strong when we need to be strong. And I'm putting emotions to things because sometimes when you say, you know, it's $12,000 versus $10,000, I mean, that's going to take a little bit of courage, right? And you're going to have to be tactful. And if that blows it up, the next time you've got to figure out how that process doesn't go south over $2,000, right? Right. Yeah. 100%.
1: 100%. Because uh, I'm working with a client right now, and we're coming up with with those questions, right? Those questions to ask to get deeper deeper into the conversations. And we were going through and we're grouping them based upon the target market, right? Because this guy, uh, he does leads for real estate um, re- realtors, agents, and brokers. And so we went through a process of figuring out like, hey, where are people going to be? So what what questions are going to make the most sense? And so we went through a process and figured out, okay, his his clients are either going to have worked with someone who has generated leads for them in the past. and There might be pain points around those things, but the pain points around people that have never used an agency or lead generation service are going to be completely different. So let's make the pains relevant to the individual person. And so that's where you start actually forming out, you know, your process and your flows and things like this, because if your first question is like, you know, Hey client, I'm curious, you know, have you guys worked with an agency in the past? And they say yes, okay, cool. Like that should then alleviate all my questions that I normally ask someone who doesn't have that yeah. experience. And, and the same thing also applies. You can't ask the same questions to everybody and get the same outcome because everybody's in a different spot. And that's where the soft the soft skill set yeah. comes in, right? How well can you pivot? How prepared are you? Sure. And
3: I think that's uh, you know kind of going back a few minutes, like to that list of questions, right? How you because they may already be pre qualified one through seven. Right, and you can skip to eight because you asked, "Hey, where do you put your money?" Well, I put it in a bank. Okay, so that means that tells me you got experience with a banker of some sort, a teller. You know, you have some money, you know, saving experience. I don't need to ask all the fifteen questions to ruin this conversation right off the yeah. bat. Uh, and that's
1: where, point. like, because like I, I have this, I have this idea that the second question is more important than the first question, anyway. Right, so you know, if I, you know, using the banker deal, like, like, Hey, you know, how do you, how how do you, how do you manage your money now? Well, it's in a bank. Okay, cool. How's that working? The how's that working question is significantly more important than like, where do you put your money and how do you manage your money? But you got to ask that question in a way that gets engagement before you can ask the actual hard question.
3: Yeah. Does the money work for you? Uh, No, it sits there. Okay. Do you want it to work for you? You know, like there's, there's just so many, there's so many ways to to not go through your checklist and create it on the fly because they're allowing you to that you you have to you have to know the book so well that you can change and deviate from it as you have a conversation you can't go through it scripted because that's what most people do and i'm telling you right now i can spot it a thousand yards away
0: yeah but but you can put an algorithm together that allows you to do a if it's yes, we go down this pathway yeah. if we yeah. do no yeah. so don't be afraid doc to, to line, line it out.
3: yeah and doc, oh, to me, that, doc, that is the book to me, right mm-hmm. like that the, the algorithm is the book and it just the, there's different formulas within there that you can get the same answer. and I think that I think if you don't adapt and you're just constant monotone and you're always only going for the no because the mm-hmm. books that go for the no, there was a mentality shift there and personalities play into how you do, Huge.
1: Yeah.
3: you know, the, the algorithm into this, whether not just disc, but mood, right? Mm-hmm. How, are you, how are you feeling today? You're pissed mm-hmm. off because somebody cuts you off and you hop on a sales call. That's a whole different sales call than, you know. <laughs> you know, you just listen to, you know, James Taylor, Fire and Rain. And now all of a sudden you're, you know you're in a good mood what a, what, what a
1: song choice like, I would, like not, that, would never have expected you to pick that song as the song to, that you listen to to get pumped up to i
3: i am a i'm a hidden james taylor fan
1: <laughs> is anybody wow. not, like 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 oh, is there I, anybody I on the planet who's like man James taylor sucks oh, yeah. my, uh, i think i
3: think i think my dad was and and if he probably if i asked him that question i'd be like oh yeah you know what he actually had some good music i just hated him because he was a hippie
0: <laughs> I, I actually saw James Taylor at the Bronco Bowl over in Dallas. The Bronco so. Bowl,
1: man. That yeah, was, that was oh. a long time ago. I've been to yeah,
0: man. Bronco Bowl. It was it, yeah, it was dead cool, man. It was really a good show. Yeah, he's a cool cat.
1: So, you know, the the mood thing is super important. You know, and to that idea, right? uh The tonality and your pausing and you know your confidence, right? All that comes across on a nonverbal level, right? And so when you're social selling and DMing and doing all these things, like you don't get to control the tone, right? So that's why the goal is to get to a call because if we're on a call, you don't get to inject your tone based upon your day anymore, right? Or, or not as much. I mean, you can take things offensively if you want to, but that's a decision you make. So whereas like in, in text, email, DM, you know, all of these things, you have to deal with their interpretation, their interpretation of, of that tone right then. And they're not actually held hostage to the idea that they have to give you an answer right now. So they can go off and think about it and then come back. And in a conversation, you actually get to get into the gist of it, right? Into like, what is like the flow of the conversation? So that's why the, the, the phone call or the conversation is still so important, in my opinion. Yeah.
3: To be honest with but you, they, when, it, when, it, when I saw emojis everywhere, like even in e- professional emails, I started seeing them come out. Um, I hated it at first because it was just so unprofessional in my mind because I was taught the other way mm-hmm. that you don't do that stuff. But now that we're so text driven, in, in this day and age with emails and text and and uh, and different things, and DNA, you know, on LinkedIn messages and stuff, that I actually appreciate a few emojis because I know where your head's at, right? Yeah. A little smiley face or a little like you know, crying laughing face or whatever. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I don't hate it anymore.
1: Yes. I hated it for a long time, like, and I fought it. And you know, people were telling me that if I put emojis in my in my content on LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff like that, it would perform better. And I was kind of like, man, brah, no, I don't want to do that. But it's it's a really nice way of injecting tone, right, and having control over the tone.
0: Well, John, just create your avatar and get going, man. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's already it's already going. I just need to maybe add more more emojis.
3: Well, you know. You hit on something, John, that I'd I'd like to talk about because uh, who who are we listening to when people tell us that's unprofessional? Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. Um, pick yeah. pick who you're pick who you're listening to, because yeah. if you truly look at what they they do and they're a struggling sales guy, well, why would I listen to that guy?
1: Exactly. You know, right? now
3: if he if he if he's got an eighty seven percent hit ratio and he's just killing it in this market and everybody knows who he is and everybody loves him. I'm probably going to listen to what that guy has to say.
0: Yeah. Right when, when the guy calls you and he says, "Hey, I only got a, I only got a second because the jet's about to take off." Exactly. The private one. <laughs> that shit, and he hangs up can, on you. Yeah, yeah, listen to that guy. That's the yeah. dude to listen to. Can
3: Can you yeah. just send me the Cliff Notes? I don't want to read the whole book, but
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me follow you for a day. Hey, yeah. well, and, I'm sorry, I'll but, go ahead. I, and I was going to say, if if you're questioning, I mean, so because we've kind of it probably brought up a lot of questions in people's minds about whether they're doing it right or whether they're not. You know, one of those things is to reach out and find some mentorship, right? Um, somebody who is, in your opinion, doing it well in your industry and make some connections there in, in the sense of, hey, I'm struggling a little bit here, or I've come up across a lot of no's, I was doing so well beforehand. And, um, you know, I, I day traded for a year, and I uh, had about a 28% return uh, on on, you know, trading, I went to a trading class, spent a whole week, and I came out a worse trader, right? <laughs> and so I called some of my buddies, and they're like, "No, yes, no." And, you know, kind of ran them through some of the things that I was trying to do a little bit differently. And what what had happened was a lot of my mojo and my own intuition relative to those kinds. Of, but I reached out to some guys that were were you know crushing it as well and doing well. So so yeah, if you if you stepped in it, own it, man. <laughs> Reverse yes. the clock. Go call some of your partners, you know, that should be in the industry and let them give you the pep talk and the work through to get to the other side of a bad decision on your side of the fence.
3: You know, when you said you came out a worse trader, literally, you just described most sales training.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, OK. Yeah. Now I did. I completely get that, too. Yeah. Because, because gets, you, have so, to, you have to unlearn, you, right? It's, well, it's, you, you, you lost yourself. Mm-hmm. You became a, you became a robot. And, and here's what happened to you. Cause we did this and Nankin can attest to this. So what you got was some guy that had done okay in sales, got tired of knocking on the doors then, but had a, re- a decent record and then went and told you how he did it. Right. Yep. Here's your product. And like, I had one guy, I don't call doctors. Do- I call them by their first name. Well, you know how much shit you can blow up calling a doctor John, when you walk through the door like you own his world, he's yeah. like, "Never ever let that jackass in my office." Because <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, before that, they're
2: thinking. What's that? I said, even if they don't say to your face, exactly, then they're still thinking it. Like,
0: no, they tell their their front office person never to let you back again. Sure. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's another kind of like nuanced area, right? Because like you got to upset the pattern, you know, you want to make sure that you're not putting them on a pedestal above you and then having to like, you know, talk up to them and do all these things, you know, that we talk about and are, and are knowing important, but like you can go too far. Right. So, and you, you don't know how far that line is until, until you hit it. And then you say, Oh, okay, a little too far. Let's back off on that a little bit. Right. And then you, you, you dial it back in, but You know, we saw, Al and I would see this all the time in the martial arts school, right? You know, these people would come in and they would have four or five years of training in another art and they had to unlearn all of that stuff, right? So while they could probably handle themselves, they can't handle themselves like, like using this methodology and this style and this art. And that's okay because you're new. But- Anytime you're, you're doing like a big change, you have to unlearn stuff, right? I mean, it's kind of like when you, when you go to the military, right? I mean, a boot camp is really all about upsetting your patterns and breaking you all the way down so that way you can come out of it in the, in the mold that they need you, right? Sales so is kind of the same way, I think.
3: Well, and, and so as you're talking about that, instantly in my head, you said military, but I, I think shooting instruction, right? I was a shooting instructor uh, in the Marine Corps, and it's like the guys that were from Kentucky that, you know, you um, would think, oh, these winded- guys are going to kill it you know, these guys are not the guys that are my top shots at the end of the day. It's the guys that know absolutely nothing, Mm -hmm. right? And they're learning fresh. So to your point, you know, telling a guy that's 20 years old that has shot since he's three years old and his grandpa taught his dad that taught him, right, this certain way doesn't mean it was right, right? Or perfect or, or better than good, right? They might be good in their arena, like you're saying with the martial arts, but you know, I need you to be at this level. What you've been doing your whole life is here. And I can't teach you to keep doing what you're doing to get you to the next level. Hey, I, have Clint, to, I have to do some different things.
0: When they told me that I was a horrible shot, I just said, look, I don't want to kill anybody. I just want them to keep their heads down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: and it's so funny. It's so funny because if somebody would have told me that, it would have been the end of my world.
1: I would have felt terrible. Son, you got the wrong branch. <laughs> That's what he would have said to him.
0: Yeah. I'm like, hey, are there potatoes I can build? Do you have a yeah. coffee maker that doesn't work? I'm an electrician, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, okay, so I'm curious if you guys have, have opinions on this, right? How much of selling is, like, the nuance of figuring it out and making it fit for yourself, and how much of it is – methodology that you follow whether it's you know spin or sandler or herman miller or you know carnegie or john maxwell or any one of these other like methodologies that are super well known and and developed what do you think the percentage is like like do you think it's like 50 50 do you think it's 70 30
3: no i don't i don't so here's here's what i would say if if you dropped a golf ball on the ground and i handed you a nine iron at some point, everybody would hit the golf ball in completely different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And we could take a thousand golf instructions, right, to get us there. Some guys are going to excel with that golf instruction. Some people just don't have the natural ability and some people don't have the want to be there, right? So even though the instructors taught Tiger Woods and, you know, Bubba Watson and all these guys, and he's world renowned, doesn't make it right for the person that you're teaching today, right? So I think it's a combination. I think it floats from 99% to 0% on how much training you actually use. But it's all you. It's all personally based. I look at it myself as a complete guideline book. These are some cool things. I like that. I don't like that. I would never do that, but I'd love to do that. I need to change this by using that. It's a huge all across the board for me. And nobody's perfect, right? And nobody's right, just like your investment strategy guide, doc. That if if you're so good at this, why are you teaching this class? I mean, that's a question in my head. That's it's a valid question. Some people love to teach, that's your passion in life, but some people failed, but they knew enough to to talk in front of people or they're comfortable doing it. So that's their new career path, right? So right. um, I mean, there's so many different things, and I think you gotta filter out all the stuff and make it your own. Um You know, a a guy told me one time was like, Clint, I could teach you 50 ways that I do it, but I know that you're going to take about three things of what I say, but you're going to be better for it because you're, you're just going to learn off what I did and my mistakes.
0: You know, Tony Robbins says that, you know, he did a lot of, you know, seminars and things like that in the very beginning. And one of the key points he said is I was really just looking for one nugget out of everything that I tried to do so that I could put it in my bag and it really sort of fit my, me, you know, what I was doing and how I was doing things already. And, and I think that's where we sort of, sometimes we disrupt our own success way too much thinking that we just found the golden nugget. Well, there, your bag should be full of golden nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. Things that you use, things that people have said to you that work for them, they kind of fit who you are. Right. And, and, and there's where you, as time goes by, right, as time goes by, in a decade, you should be better than you were 10 years prior. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you know, and I go back to this. if You should be good in five years and, it, and, and great in 10 because it takes time. And if you're not good in five, don't think you're going to get any better over the next five years. You're just, you're just walking a path, and it's going to become a rut over time if you're not careful.
3: And, I, and I'll give you a good example of something that I've learned in the last five years that I've I've completely changed as I use it is, is DISC. We talk about it on here all the time, personality, right? In the beginning, I learned about it and it was an all moment for me and I wanted to learn as much as I could about it and I, and I went after it. And then I started telling people that I knew what they were thinking, right? Or how they were doing it because it was so exciting for me. And now, you know, years later of using it every day, now I use it silently, and it's the best tool that I have in my toolbox, right? I don't tell them that, oh, you're reacting this way because you're a D. I don't even mention the words anymore. I use it internally to filter how I do things. But that's a huge graduation from 2 years ago, 3 years ago, 5 years ago when I first heard about it, right? And so sales training to me and what you pick and choose out of books articles is the same thing, right? you're developing that pattern to silently use it down the road.
2: I think it's really important to know your, I mean, basically what everyone has stated is that you need to know yourself first, have confidence in yourself, and then you need to know your audience, you know, and that's what I feel like DISC is all about. But if you don't know who you are and you don't know who your audience is, you're not going to be.
0: But but more importantly, when you start analyzing discs, you learn how your personality interacts mm-hmm. with all yeah. four, you know, the, the the three other squares that I don't live in, right? Yep. And ha- how I approach, you know, John versus Clint versus Nan, every one of those has, I have an Achilles heel with each one of those, right? Mm-hmm. That That can hamstring me if I'm not self-aware to stay out of the pitfalls of being an eye and going, you know, going too long. Yeah. You know, all the pitfalls that eyes have own that. Don't try to change it. It's just who you are. Sure. But learn to shut up, learn to let them talk, that kind of stuff.
2: When we were talking about texting, I was thinking, (coughs) that's really a great example, you know, being mindful of how you text other people. My best friend is a VP for American airlines. She hates all of the hearts and, whenever i text her i just leave those out because i know she doesn't like it and i know she loves me i love her it's great but i'm not gonna do that now the same thing with a client if i'm if i'm texting clint i'm telling you right now he's getting all kinds of hearts and stuff i was
0: gonna say you can't go short on clint man he just he just gave up his man card with his emoji like yeah (laughs) All yeah, you construction workers the out there, remember Clint likes the emojis. Yeah, yeah. If, you,
1: if you have Clint's phone number, text him right now, with just emojis.
0: I want it, yeah. I want him oh, calling yeah. me up and telling me to F off because I just made that statement.
2: You know, number, yeah. Know your audience.
3: You know, you know how many uh, phone numbers I'm gonna be
1: blocking today.
0: <laughs>
1: Are there that many people that actually know your phone number?
0: Uh, hey, I know his phone number. He's going to get a every day <laughs> I mean, for me for the next I mean, 30 days. I think it's like
1: the real life Ron Swanson, right? Like no one's got your phone number. No one knows where you live. Like you're like this mythical creature who's like off the grid them majority of the time. And you build a, ridiculously cool tables. That's the best compliment you've ever given me. That's right. Would it make sense to have a conversation about your CRM?
3: Just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Hey, no, because I have the best guy ever.
1: Awesome. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> They're all that's lined awesome. up outside your door waiting to talk to you. That's here. fantastic. It Light probably it makes really stuff. good sense not to talk to me then.
3: Agreed. Bye. <laughs> See you. Um,
1: all right, guys. So we're at, we're at time. It's 1 o'clock. So if you've been tuning in, do we, do we have anything on Facebook? Okay, so no comments today. That's all right. We are planning on a return back to the studio. And so that will change how this works and we'll keep you guys in the loop about what that looks like and how it works. But if you are struggling with sales due to COVID or due to be new or due to just not knowing who you are, uh, reach out to us. We can get you one of these assessments, assessments at, or I'm sorry, disc at sales Uh, we've had some people reaching out. We've got some social proof of some people that have done it recently and they've gotten good results from it. If you want Clint to go over your disk assessment. You don't really, but if you do, you can ask for that. <laughs> if
0: right? you can handle that kind of honesty. Exactly. If you want somebody to lie to you, call me.
1: <laughs> you <break. laughs> so yeah, so so if you want to make take you the feel
0: assessment,
1: good. If you want to take the assessment and you want to pick the person who, who goes over it with you, awesome. Like, like we love that, right? Because it's it's gonna be more impactful if you hear it from someone who you're already in line with, right? So, so if you're hearing Alan, and you're like, man, I'm just like that, you know, you're not gonna really enjoy the consult if I give it to you, <laughs> you know, and vice versa. So, you know, I think I'm pretty good at breaking these things down, but you know, if you know, I mean, Clint's my guy, right? Like, like I want that from Clint, like, let us know. We, we can do a consult with Clint and put you into Zoom and you go over it and you learn some stuff and you and Clint can call each other names, right? if you want to do that with Alan, share stories, with me and facts and the net, and just love and happiness and compassion, Come get it. Like, if, that, if, that's why we're here. If, if
3: you can't afford a new puppy and you need some love, <laughs> <Call man.
0: laughs> holy cow. That that's a great ending note right there, man. That's Boom, right. Drop it, it's hot.
1: We're gonna leave it right there. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, follow us on social media, share this, like and subscribe. That's how we continue moving this thing forward. So we'll see you guys soon.